Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I remember fi- seeing a tweet that said, oh, you're going on tour with Colby Calais? And I was like, I mean, I don't think so. I would assume someone would have told me that. And they like linked to the tweet that Colby Calais had just tweeted that said like featuring Alex and Sierra. And I remember thinking like, man, that's weird that I'm finding this out through Twitter from someone that I don't know. One, two, three, four. Hey, hey, you're listening to On Air with Ruben J. I am excited. I'm energetic. It's a new week. And it's a new episode of the podcast. Now, let me tell you something. I'm excited for this week for many, many reasons. And I I think that the quality of the guest that we have this week is bar none, one of my top tier favorite, absolute favorite people that I've ever spoken to on this podcast. I think that there is a lot of fun things that we talked about on this episode. I think that there are a ton of interesting things that we talked about on this episode in this interview. But the one thing that we didn't talk about in this episode was going to dollarinthejar.com and supporting this podcast. And let me tell you something. This podcast has been independent for many, many, many years. This podcast has been back in production for over a year now. We just hit the year mark last week. And I purposely decided not to celebrate it because I knew that the next year is going to be even bigger than the previous year. And let me tell you something. This last year was pretty exciting. This last year was was pretty epic, if I don't say so myself. And... Dollarinthejar.com is part of what makes it all possible for us here at On Air with Ruben J. Now, I want you to understand that while I'm sitting here and I'm saying, hey, Dollarinthejar.com, yes, we have a free tier membership. And I encourage you to sign up for the free tier membership because that is just a great way, a great place for us to create some friendship and a community and for you to consistently and constantly and creatively be kept in the loop with what's happening over at multimediamouth.com. But there is a $3 tier and that $3 tier helps support the show, helps support me, helps us grow multimediamouth.com and the Multimedia Mouth podcast network. And we're, we'd, be a, we'd be able to add many more shows to what we do already. So I sit here and I stand here and, and I, I, I have this microphone on and I tell you, head over to dollarinthejar.com and sign up for either a free membership or the $3 a month membership and help grow the podcast. Now, if, you, if you're looking for a way that, can, that you can help the podcast without necessarily having to, to reach into your pocket and spend a couple of bucks uh, to, 
to, to support the podcast, but you already shop at Amazon, uh, head over to multimediamouth.com forward slash Amazon and click on that banner. The shopping that you're already going to do by going to multimediamouth.com forward slash Amazon and click on the banner and then doing your shopping is going to help grow this podcast as well. So just do one of those two things and help the podcast grow. And with that, it's time for this week's episode. You've tuned in to On Air with Ruben J, your home for entertainment news and deep dive conversation. Here's your host, Ruben J. Now, I can sit here and I can tell you that everything is going to be okay and everything's going to be great and there's nothing to worry about in the world. And I'm and I will tell you that over and over again. But what I'm going to say is this week's episode I'm telling you is absolutely incredible. And I'm going to jump into that in just a second. But I wanted to just say thank you to everybody who has downloaded the show over the past couple of months and last year. It's been an incredible year, an incredible run. And I know for a fact, I know for a fact that we're not done yet. We got a lot going on. And so I... I have some stuff that I'm working on. I had some great stuff in the works that I'm working on, and I think that you're going to enjoy it all. So uh, we jump into this week's episode. A little backstory. I, for a long time, worked with shows such as American Idol, The Voice, America's Got Talent. Those are the ones that have been around for years and years and years. I also used to work with a show called the X Factor USA. And as far as reality competition shows go, and as far as these shows that are supposed to create superstars goes, the X Factor USA was probably my favorite not named American Idol. By the time X Factor USA came around, American Idol had lost a lot of its luster. So I liked the X Factor USA. I loved season one. I jokingly told Simon Cowell, who was the creator and one of the judges on the X Factor. I told Simon that when between seasons one and season two, when there was no judge or no host for the show, for many months and ended up being Chloe Kardashian and Mario Lopez. I told Simon that I had planned to come to the Los Angeles auditions and I had planned to audition to be the host of the X factor USA. And in that conversation, Simon Cowell told me that I should have done that because he probably would have given me the job. Now, I don't know if he was being nice and I don't know if he was just being friendly but he told me that he would give me the job. Fast forward to today, nine years after the show goes off the air, I'm interviewing somebody who is probably one of my favorite people from that show. Actually ended up being one of the winners of the show. I'm interviewing Alex Kinsey from formerly of Alex and Sierra, and we had a great chat about 
The X Factor, a little bit about the fallout from X Factor, and a lot about his new music. So, with no further to do, no further to do, no further ado, here is my conversation with Alex Kinsey. All right, uh, I'm super excited to be uh, joined by this person right here. I haven't spoken to this man, I haven't seen this man. Uh, since about six months after he won the X Factor USA. And Do you know how many years ago that is off the top of your head? I'm going to say nine years. Nine years. October will be nine years. That's insane. Actually, nine years to the day of the premiere, uh, like two days ago or something. Dang, dude. That's crazy. You know, what? And what's funny is, um, real quick, this is Alex Kinsey. He was, uh, one of, he was part of Alex and Sierra who won the final season of X Factor USA, which I'm going to ask you about here in just a second. Um, but uh, I'm excited to talk to you. You have a new EP out. It's called Antisocial Person. I was listening to it all day, prepping for this, and it's a great record. Um, but uh, X Factor USA, I don't want to spend too much time on it because, it, like you said, it's been nine years. But it has been. My only question regarding the X Factor USA is, do you feel like, if, and if you remember, this is a little bit of a throwback to the last time you and I talked on camera, I was okay. blaming you for issues that happened at the X Factor USA, so sure. I'm going to blame you for X Factor being canceled. That's fine. I like to think that my uh, mellow acoustic vibes brought down the empire, you know? <laughs> yeah, because you guys you guys didn't fit the vibe of what normally those shows work, were looking for. Sure, um, yeah. I thought you guys were better than what the show usually looks for. Yeah. And I Thank think you. that you guys got ultimately a raw deal and not being pushed properly, in my opinion. But uh, here you are now. Yeah, honestly. You know, it's it's kind of... I think that you make some good points. Like I think that there could have been more push and more interest and more um, just everything from the people involved. Yeah. And everything. But I also, you know, get to do what I'm doing because of how things went, you know, and who knows if I'd still be able to make music the way that I want to make it. If, you know, who knows what kind of contracts would have been signed. It's just, it could have gone so many different ways that, but yeah, it would have been cool to get a little more push, but also I'm happy, you know, I'm getting to make the music I like. So I and think that's an important part of it. And you've done some really cool things since the X Factor. You Thanks, know, um, I, I was reading that you, you did a band with uh, with the uh, Modern Family actress, uh, Sarah Highland, uh, which is an incredible opportunity in any respect to do, work with somebody at that level. And it was very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Is there is there plans to do more of that down the line? Well, I mean, so it all kind of comes down to like collaboration mm -hmm. for me. So Botox was this band that uh, me and my friend Johan, honestly, we were just sort of drunk one night in Vegas and we're like, <laughs> dude, I think we can do this. I think we can make music and make it good. And uh, we just started making it. And I had Sarah was a good friend of mine. So I hit her up and I was like, you know, <clears throat> are you interested in being a part of the first single or the first, you know, whatever? We don't really know exactly what we're doing. We're just making music for fun. She was like, yeah, absolutely. So for me, it was just a collaboration thing. Like it's, it's harmonies and it's the ability to like work with someone in a different opinion and a different sort of mindset and different voices and, and being able to be like, you know, a part of someone else's story too. It's like, that's all really fun for me. Like Sarah had never really released music. So to know that I had a hand in her being able to do something that she had wanted to do for a really long time, that was cool. Yeah, there's just a lot to it for me. I really like collaborating, though, a lot. 
Yeah, and that's that's the thing that I always loved about you know what you did on on X Factor. Not to bring, continue to bring that up, is that it was X Factor is what it, what it seems like on television. You can correct me if I'm wrong because I I didn't get to see that portion of what happens behind the scenes. Is but it right. looked like between you and and Sierra, you guys were were collaborating with the different uh, musicians that were at your leisure there, and and the different music directors and stuff that you were able to work with, and you guys put out incredibly interesting versions of these amazing songs and oh, now I, I think that what i like about this ep that we're talking we're here to talk about here in a second is that i feel like this is authentically you you know and that that's cool that you think that yeah you know doing covers has always been a big part of my career like mm-hmm. even before this factor i was making music in daytona and playing bar gigs and stuff and that was sort of always my job prior to like during college and high school so for me, making covers was always kind of part of it. And if I was going to sing someone else's song, I wanted to do it in my own way because yeah. anyone can sing someone else's song, you know? So that was always like the motivation behind it and, and being able to create those songs without it being like, okay, we have to write this killer album. We can just like make cool versions. I don't know. It was, it was a really fun thing to be a part of. Um, but it is funny that you say that this new EP kind of sounds like what I'm going for. Cause I, I, you know, I've listened through it quite a few times uh, before releasing it and since releasing it. But I remember like right before it came out, uh, I listened to it. I was driving for a few hours and I just threw it on and it sort of felt like, so Botox was sort of uh, like an escape from what I had been doing. I wanted to make something different. And then Kinsey was kind of not really an escape from Botox because I loved that. I loved creating that music, but we just weren't doing much. And Johan had moved to Sweden and had two babies and, you know, like that's life happened. So the Kinsey like party of one was very like, you know, sort of an extenuation of, of uh, Botox. Honestly, is extenuation even a word? I can't get over the fact that I just said that. I have, I have no idea. I can Google it if you want, but I don't even know how you'd spell it. An extension, though, of Botox. Because, um, like, honestly, most of the songs had been written by me and Johan. So it was it was always sort of felt like that. And then if you listen to this, like, there's still glimpses of it. I think that, like, Antisocial Person has that Swedish pop vibe, mostly because it was written by a Swedish pop producer and me, you know? So... It still has some of the Botox thing, but then as you go through the album, you're sort of deviating from that first sound, that that very producery kind of Swedish pop. I think that's really what it is, Swedish pop. You're deviating from that to like then Parakeets is how it ends. And that really, I mean, that song is sort of, I think, the one for me on this album. And I don't, you know, it doesn't have to be for other people, but for me, like that's the song that when I wrote it, I was like, ah, oh, this is the music I want to make, you know? That's awesome. And I feel like, you know, it, it, it's been quite a journey for you to find where you want to be. And, and maybe it's just because so many things have happened in the last nine years from from winning X Factor to today. Um, looking back at the last nine years, is there a moment where you you look back and you say, oh, man, if this one thing outside of winning X Factor and being cut by the label, if this one thing didn't happen, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be enjoying this or I'd be a different artist. And, and, and what is that moment for you? It's a good question. Um, maybe it's not necessarily one specific moment, but sort of the entirety of being on tours and like being able to play as many shows as I got to play 
in front of so many different people. Um, I think that like that really set me up to realize what it is that I like about music, you know? So I think there's so much of what I make is, all right, how can I do this live? I really want to always play everything live. I love that part of it. So I think that being able to play as much as I did in front of the people that I got to play in front of on the stages that I got to play on, like that was a big realization for me, like what I, what I want to be doing, how I want to make music. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I think it's an interesting journey for people who go through the, uh, the the stages of being on these reality shows, uh, gaining a massive fan, uh, you know, fan base and audience, and then immediately being thrown into the waters <laughs> right after. For sure. And, and the benefit of it is you, you get an audience and you get a tour for a little bit and you get to hear what the what your fans want to hear from you and get the feedback right. from them. Uh, the problem that, that I've always had with these shows is there's usually very little follow-up from anybody who's on them. Uh, yeah, and I think that maybe, so like you asked what a moment that sort of got me to be here other than X Factor. Like, I think that there were a lot more moments that almost happened or like didn't quite happen mm-hmm. that kind of got me to honestly be able to make the music I want to make. You know, like it's, you know, it's always a struggle to be a, a independent artist to some degree you have to do everything yourself and sometimes i just want to make music and play shows but at the same time i'm in the position i'm in i get to write the songs i want to write and i get to release the projects i want to release and i get to work with my friends and my family i mean the music videos from party of one were done by my cousin you know so being able to work with my friends and family and create the way that i want to create like i think that the things that didn't happen that maybe could have pushed me to be more locked into a label or whatever it might be, have led me to at least find out exactly what kind of artist I'm going to be, you know? Could you, could you explain maybe, or or, or share something that almost happened that didn't happen that you think would have changed the trajectory for you? Yeah. I mean, I think that like one of, and this is something that I think I've even brought up briefly before, but like, so we, I went on that Colby Kelly tour. Mm -hmm. Um, That was the first sort of, jump into what was to come you know yeah and we've been writing the album and it was done but it wasn't out and it wasn't coming out for a couple more months and i remember seeing a tweet that said oh you're going on tour with colby kelly and i was like i mean i don't think so i would assume someone would have told me that and they like linked to the tweet that colby kelly had just tweeted that said like featuring alex and sierra and i remember thinking like man that's weird that I'm finding this out you know, through Twitter <laughs> from someone that I don't know. Yeah. But then, so like that, but it was fine. Cause I still went on tour with Kobe Kelly. Like that, that, that doesn't really matter. But the thing that like, one of the things that one of the balls that were, that was dropped, uh, the album came out after the tour was over. Like mm. there was not, we were promoting the idea of music. There was nothing released. No one could, watch the show and then go home and listen to the album. You know, no one could go and purchase it. And then right after tour, I was sent back to Florida for, I think two months, just like two months straight. The album came out like the week after tour was over. And then I went back to Florida for two months and worked out and like stopped drinking to try to get into better shape because I've been drinking a lot on tour. Like that's all that I did. I didn't do promo. I didn't do shows. I didn't, I didn't do anything. I might've played like one or two one-off things to try to book like a college show or something. But I mean, there was no promotion done 
the, as soon as the album came out. I always thought that, that was a really strange thing that maybe could have been handled a little bit better. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And how frustrating is that? Because I, I feel like if I were in your shoes, I would start contacting people that I connected with on X Factor and say, hey, we have an album coming out. Not supposed to do this, but right. can we jump on your podcast? Can we do an interview? Can I, you know? Right. And I think that you know, when you're caught up in it, this was what eight months after the show had ended, which was one year ago. I had been a college kid. You know yeah. what I mean? So I, I didn't know. Maybe this is how they do it. Maybe this is how it's done. How could I? I don't know. I'm, I trust that Simon Cowell knows what he's talking about. You know, I trust that these producers are all on board the same way. And you know, in complete honesty, like we've had great success with that album. So it's not like it didn't do anything, but it probably could have done a little more if I promoted it. You know, if I'd have known like, okay, cool, this is how we have to do it. We should be promoting this. We should be out on the road. We should be, you know, tweeting more, doing live, whatever it might be. It just, I, I left sort of what needed to happen in the hands of others. And, you know, it turned out okay. It could I think it could have been better. Well, imagine how good that album would have done, how much better that album would have done if Simon would have called his friend Ryan Seacrest and got you on his radio sure. show. And if Ryan yeah. would have called his friend Elvis Duran and gotten you on his, you know, and or it's just... Mario Lopez, yeah. who was the host of the show, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or like, um, hey, let's get you on X Factor Australia as a, as a guest. Or like, hey, let's put you here. They're just, you know... Who knows what really happened? I really genuinely don't know. I wonder. So, I, I so full full disclosure between you yeah. you guys and Jeff Goot, I wanted Jeff to win because I felt like really? rock and roll needed a big <clears throat> comeback, and I knew you guys would be fine regardless because. Well, that's nice. And I, and I mean this, good. I mean this in the nicest way possible. Two attractive people who can sing very well, who can play music, it, it's kind of a shoe in, you know. And you had the audience, you know, so sure. it's like. Jeff needed, I felt needed that platform to do something. But now look at Jeff. Though. Yeah, I was about to say, look at him, look where he's at now. It took him six so, I mean, years. It's the curse of the win, right? Right. It did take a few years. But you know, like, so here's just one more thing because I was just sort of thinking about it. Like, I don't know if you remember during that time, but the Brazilian audience was huge, 
crazy. Huge. Like not crazy bad, just crazy large, crazy yeah. intense, crazy into it, what we were doing. I've never been to Brazil, dude. Like how easy would that have been? Just like throw me, give me a one-off in Brazil. Let's go appease them and keep them on board. Let them buy the albums. You know what I mean? Like we were off for two months. We could have flown to Brazil. We're in Florida. It's like a 30-minute flight, you know? Like, yeah. and, and I would be interested to see what your contract said about booking yourself to do something like that, you know? Because sure. Oh, yeah, that's a good thought because I, I mean, <clears throat> the thing is that the contract was signed prior to X Factor starting. True. That was the contract yeah. that followed through until the show, I guess, got canceled. But, like, that was – it's – so I, I want to throw this out to any Brazilians who might be might be watching this right now. There you I, go. I think if we can get a certain amount of people to start talking about uh, Antisocial Person, the EP. Yeah. And we can figure out a way to to see if there's actually an interest in seeing, you know, make it totally. worth your while. Why can't we, you know, why can't you and I fly down to Brazil, you know, uh, open up a can, you know, shows. open up some beer, do this and let you play some shows. Right. You like how I included myself in that plan? No, man, I appreciate it. You book the shows, you get a percentage. That's how this works. Oh, I don't need the percentage. I just want to talk to you. I want to hang out. Well, that's what, you know, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> no, I would love to do something like that. Like, so currently I'm in, uh, Marbella, Spain. I think I said that right. But, uh, playing a show at the end of the week on Sunday in London and then playing another show in Switzerland about five days later on Friday. And it's just like sort of what you were just saying. Why don't we just go to Brazil and do it? Like, that's what this is. I had some friends that live out here all across Europe. I'm lucky enough to be able to visit and stay with them. So I was like, why don't, why don't, why don't we book some shows? Like, why don't we just go visit people and book shows and have a, have some fun, but also, do the thing that I love to do. So it's the same concept. I would love to do something like that. In Brazil. Yeah. If any of our Brazilian friends are watching DM Alex and let's, let's get something Please. going because I would love to see that. Happen. What happened? Brasil. Brasil. I think that I'm pretty sure that's how you say, I love you. I, I think I remember, so. I recall some of it. From <laughs> 2013. Yeah. Cause I, I think it would be, it'd be fun to do something like that. And then if we did it, if we, I keep saying we, as if like, I'm actually going to, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. brainstorming. Dude. Right. Brainstorming. Right. We're brainstorming yeah. on a podcast. All right. Uh, but if you did it right and you got some cameras together and you filmed it, you could release it as like a special through like moment. And, yeah. and it can be like a pay-per-view thing that some of your fans could watch, you know, cause not Absolutely. everyone, not because unfortunately with being an independent artist, in my opinion, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is you're not always going to have the the resources to hit all the cities that you want to hit. Of course. And doing something like well, a, like me, I'd be playing ten shows in Europe, but exactly. I'm playing three. If it were if it were up to me, it would be ten shows in Europe while I'm here for the month. But it's three because you know flying around Europe isn't like I don't have a label giving me tour support, which is fine. Cause I get to book the shows and choose what I want to do. But yeah, it's the resources are definitely, I you know, don't have a multi-million dollar machine behind me. That's okay though. It seems like you're doing better without the machine though. I'm a lot happier making music. Like I really, I enjoy the process of it. Like the shows have always been fun. The shows have always yeah. been my favorite, but I, in the last five years have really learned how I like to produce, how I like to create. I mean, I've really, I've learned how to produce. I, I run most of the sessions that I'm in, I write and I, I get to do the parts of the creation that I liked about the show, which was building the tracks and 
you know, figuring out what the bass players, oh, that was sick to that again, you know, and like you get a guy in there that's like a really sick bassist and then you have a new set of samples to use. It's just like there's a lot of it that I didn't even know that I loved that being like the artist all the time didn't allow me to explore. And now I get to walk into a session, walk into a writing session and create the way that I like to create, you know, and that's, that's been really fun. Well, you're not just an artist anymore. You're, right. you're the producer. You're the guy who's financing it. You're the guy who, yeah. at the end of the day, if the album or EP flops, it's on you. And if it succeeds, yeah. it's on you. You reap the rewards and you, you reap the uh, the consequences of it. So, And I, I think that puts you in an interesting position because uh, I think it, it's a different style of fire. You know, I worked for a big radio station out here for, for a little bit. And the pressure of putting something out that was that 70 different people had a say in and 70 and yet appease 70 different people before something even made it out on the air versus sitting down with somebody who I haven't seen in in eight and a half years uh, and just chatting and hope, you know, if it gets a million views, great. If it gets 10 views, I don't care. It's just obviously you care, but you know, well, I really don't. I mean, but that's it though. Is I even think that I tweeted something not long ago, a couple years ago, maybe that was like to the effect of something to the effect of like, don't base someone's merit off of their Instagram followers. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to create with somebody, you should just do that. Like, it shouldn't be about, okay, is this a good look? Because in reality, the creation part of it, even the podcast, you know, whatever it might be, it's all art. It's all an art form. Mm -hmm. And it's all just something that you want to create for your, the way that you want to create it. And if you get to do that with people that you're interested in doing it, like, you know, it just shouldn't, there shouldn't be so much weight on, how many views, how many streams, how many listens, how many, all that. Like, if you like the music, great. If you like the podcast, great. If you like making it even better, because that's where, like, that's where the beauty is, is creating the art. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, and speaking of creating art, let, let's talk about the art that you've created, because you, you have a new, a new EP okay. out now. Uh, it's the reason why you're here, we're 20 minutes into this, and we've talked about it once. Uh, anti-social <laughs> person. I, I, I do have one question. Um, because it seems like between party of one and antisocial person, I feel like you're yeah. sending a message of uh, don't invite you out. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny because like, I'm really not an antisocial person. I really am genuinely not. Like I love being around people. I love visiting people. I love having people over. I love being a part of events and all of it. Um, I don't go out much though. I really don't. I don't, I'm not good at that uh, being out. I'm usually just like tired and asleep by nine thirty, ten o'clock. Um, but there, I think it's because I'm a, I'm an only child, and I think I've always uh, surrounded myself with as many people as possible because I just didn't, you know, I was home alone, not alone, but like not with kids, you know, I didn't yeah. have a brother and sister to hang out with and stuff. Uh, so I think that like there's sort of part of me wants to be a little more. Um, independent than I am even though I'm pretty codependent (laughs) for sure like definitely very codependent so I think that part of the creation of the music is like that there's like I don't know sort of a a persona of like all right you know this is what I think this is what I like to picture myself as yeah for sure so I, I I'm interested in in knowing your process a little bit here because you know, every so often I catch myself daydreaming that I happened to wake up one day and learn how to 
sing properly and like was in a rock band and I would think about like the album process. And for me, I'm like, yeah, I'd always want to know what the album title was and then write to the album title. And I know a lot of artists out there just they sit down and they feel inspired and they write a bunch of songs yeah. and they produce yeah. them. And then as they realize, oh, I have an album here, they find something that either a line from the song or, you know, a title track yeah. or something that just embodies the work. They put it together and they release it for you. How, what, what's that process like for you? Do you usually have a title going into a session? How, well, how you know, your... So here, I'm just going to show you quick, like you're not even going to be able to read them. I just want you to kind of see, um, like part of my brain real quick at work. Uh, so this is my list of band names. <laughs> and then i think that this is album names and then this one is like autobiography names for me and all my friends Uh, (laughs) i love that i'm always kind of pretending to know uh like to know what i'm doing (laughs) usually it all just sort of comes together as a moment so so like for party of one i saw that picture of me as a kid and the name just sort of came to me it was also the first time i was ever doing something not as a duo as a solo act so so it all just made sense like that name was a brainstorm of friends and it all just kind of came together as i was creating those songs um for this one the song anti-social person came to uh, came to me from that same swedish producer that i was talking about earlier and he sent it over and i just loved it so we worked on it and got it to what it is and then I had like all these names for the EP and I wasn't sure. And I even like, I might've submitted it with a different name at first. And then I realized that there was some continuity between antisocial person and party of one. And also antisocial person was kind of the first song I had played from the album. I played it like, I guess a year and a half, maybe a year ago. I don't know at the uh, tumbleweed sessions. So I was like, you know what, man, it kind of just makes sense. Like to keep this theme going. And then as far as the songs go, I, I sat down one day with Alana Armida, who also released an EP on the same day. And then we re- we released Bread and Butter together. But she and I sat down and I had a paper bag, probably an In-N-Out burger, paper bag, whatever. And I was like, you know what? We both have a whole group of songs. We have great songs, songs that we love, songs that we would both enjoy putting out. Why don't we just, right now, whatever we're doing, driving, whatever. I'm probably not driving because I usually drive. But I'm like, why don't we just create a schedule starting today? figure out how long it would take reasonably to get these songs ready and then just do it. And literally, I mean, we still have the paper bag because it's kind of fun to look at, but I mean, we were, I think 20 days off of what the paper bag said. We were 20 days behind, which for me, that's pretty impressive. I'm the procrastinator (laughs) extraordinaire. Yeah. So to look back at that, it's sort of just this like whim of an idea to actually turn into a legit thing like we actually have a physical thing now a kind of digital physical thing but just from uh from a you know let's we're at lunch let's come out with music and then what happened is you look at okay i have these 10 songs 15 songs 20 whatever it might be and let's narrow it down what are the ones that work the best here so there's still more that i'm working on figuring out how they belong in the world but for me it's i think like ed sheeran probably writes his albums years ahead of time, you know, like he knew what they were all going to be called before he released one. And like the dude, I think is pretty, uh, he plans, I think he's a technical songwriter. I'm more of a, you know, 
there's a moment in time where, while I'm creating this music and I capture it sometimes and I really love it. And when I do, I may as well let other people hear it, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like, uh, I feel like the difference between you and Ed Sheeran is Ed Sheeran writes very systematically. Yeah. He knows what's going to play on radio. And I yeah. feel like, I feel like for you, it's much more of like, pour me a beer, light one up, whatever. And let's pull out the guitars, pull out the keyboards, whatever, whatever it is. And yeah. just start, start jamming. And I, I think the incentives are different too, because he has an entire giant team of people. He needs to make sure gets paid at the end of the year or end of the day, you know, and, and for you, let's not get it wrong either. I would love to have a giant team of people that I need to get paid at the end of the year. That would be great. Oh, absolutely. But at the same time, to your point, not to cut you off, but to your point, like it is more of a free form, like whoever's coming over, let's just write. If it's good for you, you can have it. If it's good for me, I'm going to take it. If it's good for them there, let's give it to them. Let's pitch it to Jay. Who, who cares? But let's just create because that's to me the most important part of it. Like let's just create all the time. Yeah, I feel like there's there, there's a different level of creating to create and creating because the machine's hungry. You know? Yeah. Like there's there's there we can only go so long without a new Ed Sheeran album. Right. And right. And, and that cycle seems to be about two years. <laughs> is, that, is that about what it is? I, I believe so. I believe it's every two to three years he puts a record out. That sounds um, about right. The, the 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 band the band that I follow the most their album cycle is three years. Every Alter Bridge. Oh, I've heard of them. I don't know any of their music, but I've definitely seen that name. I will send you some stuff that I think you'll enjoy. It's 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 hard rock. It's good stuff. Um, right. And some of the best musicians on the planet are hard rock and bluegrass, actually. Oh yeah, and, and this guy, the the lead singer is actually I'm wearing his T-shirt. It's Miles Kennedy. Um, his solo stuff, I think you would really enjoy because it's not hard rock. It's you know, blue bluesy rock, you know, country ask. Um, it's good. It's good stuff. But they, you know, cool. they live on like a cycle a of kind of vibe. What happened? Like a Chris Stapleton sort of vibe. A little bit. A little. A little more. The this, the first record's more Chris Stapleton. The second record is more like um, what I imagine a Robert Plant record would sound like because cool. I've never I've never yeah, really listened. Dude, some stuff. I'd love to hear that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But you know, I I think it's different with independent artists because sometimes sometimes you have to just release stuff just to make sure you have some sort of money coming in, you know, and sometimes you can just, you have the luxury of just having fun because, you know, you happen to have a little bit of money in the bank and not be too worried about it, whatever that situation is. Um, right. With, with, with what you have left, um, and you said you had a couple songs left in, in the bank. Um, do you plan on, because every every musician's different, and I think it's it's so interesting for me to hear people's opinions on this. Is you know some people are are on have the mindset of if I have fifteen songs, you know, in in the in the bucket ready to go, I'm just going to release an EP or an album just to get them out. Other people say, well, no, that's about a year's worth of content right there. I'm just going to release a song a month. Some people are very scientific about it and release one song every three weeks. Do you have any sort of idea of what you plan to do as far as music releasing goes? Or is it just for you, whatever feels right? I think so. With this last EP, it was uh, why am I waiting kind of a thing. Like mm -hmm. I had all this stuff, like why am I not putting it out? Um, I think that's hopefully going to be my mindset moving forward is – be like be systematic to some degree. You have to be smart about what you're doing. You can't just throw stuff out there without some kind of a plan. 
unless you're unless time, you're Beyonce. Unless you're Beyonce, right? But at the same time, like uh, I some I read a quote the other day that kind of resonated a little bit. That what is there eight billion people on the on the planet, and like if you're one in a million, which you know that's like a nice thing to think about. There's still like eight thousand people that like exactly what you like. So if I'm putting out music that I like, then you know I know that I'll have an audience. I know that I will because people have to resonate with the things that you resonate with. That's just how living works, you know. Yeah, that's that's a great a great mindset too to to think about because yeah, there's always going to be somebody who, and I guarantee you, if you look through your your DMs, you'll find somebody who's like, oh my god, I'm the biggest fan of you ever, like. Definitely, yeah. It's I'm really lucky to to have had people, you know, resonate and and be touched by the stuff that I've created, and whether it's with Alex and Sierra or Botox or the stuff now, like it's just nice to know that some people are happy because you do what you do, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And by the way, anyone who's listening to this and they're not watching any of the videos, uh, all the birds that you're hearing in the background, it's because Alex is currently in a forest somewhere in Spain. <laughs> That's, yeah. You know, I lugged a chair up a mountain. And I'm sorry about all the birds. No, no, it's and cool. I love it. I love it. It, sound, it sounds good. You know what? And it's, it's, it's authentic, too. You know, it's not... Listen, I... I I listen to podcasts where they super clean it up and everything sounds so crisp and clean. And I'm just like, it's boring. You know, I'd rather you spill your beer and, and keep it in and it be a funny moment. No, um, beer, no beer spilling here. Just, I finished it, but oh, good. we don't good. spill beer. Yeah. It's, it's, four, it's a punishable offense. It's, it's, it's a, it is, it is a, uh, it's criminal. Um, yeah. For, for people who are, who are maybe uh, revisiting uh, Alex Kinsey for the first time, in quite a while um you know maybe because they were fans of the duo um and because that that breakup was tough i think i think there's a lot of people a lot of your fans i think uh made it much more personal than it needed to be um yeah. and pick sides and whatnot um what do you hope that those people who might be rediscovering you now uh might might take into might learn from you through this record um that's a really good question, dude. I haven't thought about it in those terms. I ask uh, good questions every now and then. Yeah, no, you've asked a lot of really good questions. That's just really the first time I've kind of thought about that. You know, I think that there was sort of an air of uh, innocence with some of the stuff that we made and sort of the persona that was captured on TV. Like, I remember people asking me, like, have you ever had a beer? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, I'm not. Like, I get it. I get that that's how it came across. And I just, I think like John Mayer, you know, John Mayer, Jason Mraz are still two of my favorite creators of all time. They're just, what they've always made is so special. And I think that they've also always had a very like, whatever mindset, you know, like you go to their shows and it doesn't feel rehearsed. It feels yeah. like you're in their living room and they're 
creating with you or that, you know, like they're just, that's what they have to do. So you may as well be there while they're doing it. Mm-hmm. I've always really resonated with that sort of mindset. Like I, I don't play guitar at this point in my life because I need to practice, although I should practice more. But I don't play it because I need to practice. I play it because I just need to play it. Like if there's a guitar around, if I have one on my wall, that's what I do is I pick it up and play it. And I want people to understand that like that was always the point for me. You mm-hmm. know, like X Factor was cool. It was an amazing platform. It really was. And I'm so fortunate that it put me in the position that I'm in to be able to do what I do. But at the same time, like it wasn't necessarily the plan for me. You know what I mean? Like it was sort of, uh, oh yeah, yeah, why not? No chance I'll win. Like no chance I'll make it past the uh, the send in the video round. And then all of a sudden I won. And that was just sort of, it put, I think it kind of put me and what I did into a category of musician that I had never planned on navigating through. And I just wanted to be known as the guy like that played music because he had to. Um, And I don't know if that's how it came across with this, you know, with like the 2013 to 2015 era. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, uh, I, I think what we're getting from you now is probably the most authentic version of Thanks. you possible. Thanks, I appreciate that. Um, it's the most hands-on I've ever been with music. It's the most, uh, the most opinionated I've ever been about what I'm creating, and I think that that says something. You know what I mean? And, and just out of care, how old are you now, dude? I just turned thirty-one last week. Oh, happy belated birthday. Um, I think that's interesting that, so a lot happens to men when they turn 30. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I'm 29, so I'm turning, okay. I'm turning 30 in December and I already feel a lot of that. Um, well, what's next? What do I got to do? What I'm not, didn't get to where I wanted to be, whatever this didn't. And I, but no one does, dude. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing that I think that I've realized being 30 is that I feel the same way. But, like, it's not really justified if I'm 16 looking at where I'm at, yeah. you know? Like, But as a 30-year-old turning 30 and being like, damn, I wanted to be on Forbes 30 under 30. <laughs> like, whatever, dude. Suck that, it up. I, <laughs> Just do other things. You know, yeah, and, and I think that's the the beauty of where you're at now is now. I think part of it comes with going through that little mid mini crisis that we're probably going to go through again once we hit fifty. Um, thirty five for me, bro. Oh, <laughs> so a couple more years, yeah. but you know, I think that that leads to people taking ownership over the craft that they create, and I feel like a lot of a lot of men at the age of thirty around there. Uh, realize, hey, I've been working for this company for so long, I could do this on my own, do it better, and probably make more money. I'm gonna just go out and do it myself, you know. Sure. And I feel like Especially you're going through day and age, yeah, exactly. And I feel like you're going through that with music, for sure. I think that I'm like I turned 30, spent three months like nursing my back because I threw it out, <laughs> and then realized that it was time to release music. You know, <laughs> there had also been the national like a pandemic, yeah. And, uh, and and a bunch of no, not playing music. So I think that there was just a lot of this. It was a culmination of like, all right, 
my back doesn't hurt anymore. I can stand up and bend over. Uh, we don't have to worry about not being able to play shows anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't really care what people think of me. I just want them to have something to think about involving me. That's it, you know? Yeah. So it just became, there became less pressure almost. You turn 30 and it's like, who cares, man? Chances, you know, the chances of things getting worse. <laughs> like the world's so crazy. Like, let's just do what we can to make as many people happy as we can. Yeah, I think the, the pandemic really put a lot of things into people's, uh, in, in perspective for a lot of people who, I feel like a lot of people either were like, dang, life is short. Let me get my my ish together and start doing stuff that I've always yeah. wanted to do. Or they got scared and said, Oh, life is short. Let me just be as safe as possible and try to For prolong sure. it. And, and there is no right and answer. I exactly. I was going to say, like, I think that both are pretty valid emotions. Cause like I've felt both too. I'm oh, like, yeah. Ooh, do I really want to go out tonight? Like there's going to be <laughs> people that might have Omicron. Right. And then I've also been like, Hmm, can't miss this dude. I haven't done anything in two years. I have to go. Yeah. But I do. I, I think that both both sides are pretty valid. Well, I'll tell you this: at the beginning of the pandemic, I I wasn't terrified of dying. I was terrified of going broke because I lost everything in yeah. the first couple months. Um, and then yeah. somewhere in the middle of the pandemic, I started realizing, oh my gosh, we could die from this. And then, but last summer, I I bought tickets to go watch wrestling at a big indoor stadium. I'm just like, you know what? Screw it. Like, if I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. Like, right. Let's just go and have fun. Also. I mean, let's be real. Like, I not that I'm not trying to like I'm fully vaxxed and boosted yeah. and all the stuff. I think that it's smart to be safe through yeah. all of this. But like, my concern was never dying. My concern was like losing my sense of smell, my sense of smell, or losing my cognitive fun. Like, I just didn't ever. I just never want it. And dude, luckily, knock on wood, I have never caught it. I have been COVID-free this entire time. You and I, brother. But, nice, dude. That's because we're antisocial persons, people, and we don't go anywhere. No, um, I, it, no. For me, it's I'm very social, but I only like a select group of people, and we right. kind of we kind of bubbled, you know. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and that was too, man. I was lucky enough to have a house. Like I live in a house in L.A., which, you know, with a backyard, which I think is I'm very fortunate for. But had a bunch of roommates during the pandemic, and it was nice because there wasn't a lot of loneliness, and it was just sort of hanging out outside a lot. Yeah. It kind of. I mean, it wasn't nice. You know what I mean, though. Like I was fortunate in my situation. Yeah. It was. That's it was the nicest considering everything that was going on exactly yeah yeah so i i just i think that like for me it's at this point i'm at the part of okay i don't have time to be doing nothing anymore yeah. let's just do whatever comes my way so i'm trying to as i create make created enough that it can then be put out you know yeah. so like if it's being if it's being sent to me i want it to get life to some degree yeah so there's no sure. reason to hold on to it anymore man like people are gonna think what they're gonna think you know yeah absolutely and, and I, I again you know unfortunately i think every interview you do with me at least i'm gonna always reference the starting point for us which was x factor just because that right. is is the tangible starting point um I, I think with all things considered you know you've done extremely well for yourself uh with the the, the stigma of winning one of those shows because um, if you think about it, nobody who's who, nobody who won X Factor ever went and did anything. Yeah, know, I mean, of, of of grand, you know. Yeah, I guess who's won it, right? It was it was you. you know, 
I had never watched an episode before I did the show, so I really don't know much about. <laughs> no well, uh, the first girl was supposed to play a Pepsi show, and she was so bad that they canceled it. Um, I'm trying to remember who won season two. Oh, uh, who won season? Let me let me just like kind of guy, I think. Right? Yeah, let me just the X Factor. Is that his name? What would you say? Was it Tate Stevens or something like that? Yeah, it was, and that guy did absolutely. Really? Yeah. Did I pulled that out of nowhere? Yeah, and then you guys probably were the most successful winner off the show. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know what though, dude? I'll be very candid. Both of the other winners won five mil yeah. to themselves, and I split a million with someone. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, two of them didn't have to do anything else in music. They could invest correctly and never work a day in their life. And you know, we still had we had to make we had to make money making music. That was the only option. We had to make something happen with it because it was enough for a couple of years. You know what I mean? But you can't live off of that for the rest of your life. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Well, well, the point of what I was, I was wanting to bring up with that is, you know, again, nobody's heard from those winners since I, like, I don't, I forgot yeah. Tate Stephen was even a person until right now. <laughs> and I followed those shows religiously at the time yeah. because it was part of my job. Part of what I did, it's, how I became had any sort of a following for the time that I did was because of those shows. Totally. Um, ask me any winner of American Idol, I could probably tell you the winner. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. You know, um, but with X Factor, it's not it's not that. And and you've been able to continue to be relevant and put music out. So all that to say is good on you for being able to continue to do it, having the drive to do Thanks. it. Because I feel like even if you would have won five million dollars and had to, sp- even if you had to split it and you had two point five million you know, whatever was left over taxes. Yeah. I still think you'd be putting music out. Well, it goes back to exactly what I was saying earlier. Like this, that was never the plan. Yeah. Like X, people are always like, I remember them asking me, like I really specifically remember this. There was always the question of what does it mean to you? If you want, what would it mean to you? And like everyone's answer was always, Oh my God, it means everything. It would mean the world. And I always remember being like, dude, I can't say that. Cause like, it would mean a lot. It would be amazing to win. You think I don't want to win? Like, of course I do. It'd mean a lot, but it's not, wouldn't mean the world it wouldn't mean everything it would just be my starting point to be able to do what i want to do because i have to play music you know but i do remember always being like dude don't make me say that please because i don't actually believe it yeah looking back the couple interviews that we did i don't think i asked you that question no i don't think it was usually the producers on the show like tell tell them mean you know because you want to get the votes and if they know that it means a lot to you you get the votes and like tell america what it would mean i'm like well it mean a lot. It, it mean it mean five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> exactly. It mean that I get to do this for a couple more years, hopefully, and you know, be able to make more music for people. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, Anti-social person is the EP. It's out now. It's great. It's a great listen. Uh, if you feel like cruising with the windows down, I don't know why you would do that in LA. Uh, it's really hot right now, but uh, rainy all of a sudden. Yeah, right? it was, yeah, yeah. It was like there was like a hurricane warning for a minute crazy yeah i'm like when did we move to florida <laughs> right did i brought him i brought him with me that's there you I'm go sorry <laughs> there you go um one one last question for you uh here mm-hmm. is um is where where can people find find the ep and find you on the internet because i think Dude, it's you know it's funny because the ep is everywhere and i am everywhere <laughs> yet i don't know how to make the algorithms let people know that so maybe just type my name in and see how that works. 
<laughs> I don't know. It's just Alex Kinsey, man. Alex Kinsey on everything. Alex Kinsey on Spotify. I just, I just want to be me these days. Good. Well, uh, go and download the, the, the EP, man. And uh, people who are listening, I'm not telling you to go download your, your own EP. I'm, I'm going to, actually. I'm going to. It's smart. You I should. Did I, did, I, did I convince you to download your own EP? <laughs> Yeah, dude. Actually, I don't think I've bought it. This is the first time I've forgotten to buy. You just reminded me. Like, this is the first time I've forgotten to buy my own thing. I always do. Oh, that's funny, man. Uh, Alex Kinsey, everybody. Um, dude, stick around for a second. I, I really appreciate you doing yeah. this. Go download the, the EP right now. Absolutely. Go listen to it. And that was my conversation with Alex Kinsey. Before you go away, head over to at the Ruben J, at the Ruben J on everything. Follow me everywhere. Be my biggest fan. Follow me until the end. Be my paparazzi. That sounds toxic, but uh, that's all I have for you today. On Earth, Ruben J. We'll be back next week with another good one, I hope. Bye.